In this episode, what we've got is a audio track of my presentation, which is sitting up on YouTube's channel. You can go to Maximize Your Medicare, search for that in YouTube, go to the channel. There are a number of videos, instructional videos, as well as my comments on certain other matters. Then you get to see my face for radio and hear my nasal Midwest tone there as well. What I'm doing on the presentation is actually showing illustrations about how people really don't understand financial products as a whole. That can be Medicare, certainly. It also ranges to basically every financial topic. And, you know, I don't really like the the phrase of financial literacy. It's too she-she or too uppity. I just call it that, you know, people discard their common sense things that they know and use in their everyday life. And when it comes to financial products, there's so much jargon and so much pessimism and so much skepticism on the planet that what ends up happening is people get discouraged or angry first, and then they discard thought. You know, they stop thinking about the topic. And as a result, the person who gets ultimately hurt is you. Because, you know, the fact is that if you just backed up and kept it to the basics, kept it simple, use your common sense and ignore all the excessive noise, then you can come to the right conclusions. And you can also listen to people like me as I advise, <clears throat> you know, both individuals as well as companies on their benefits plans, et cetera, et cetera, continuation plans, all the other different issues that businesses might think through. The reality is, is just a simple application of your common sense and keeping your focus on basic principles will give you a roadmap. It does give you a roadmap, but instead people get distracted. Today's pod is the audio portion of the slides that I'm going to be presenting to a continuing education group at a college in Michigan. The reality is, is that if you can follow along, you can also go to the YouTube channel if you think you want the slides will be helpful. Master the basic concepts. And the reality is, is that, you know, unfortunately, because the book is called Maximize Your Medicare, that, you know, people think that, okay, well, this only has to do with, you know, retirement or retirement planning. No. That's not the case. If you're a millennial, this, the basic concepts here apply to you equally. So if you count a millennial in your crowd, whether that be your grandchild or child, these same basic ideas can be used irrespective of age division. On we go. Today is going to be a special presentation because tomorrow I'm going to be actually be giving this in front of a continuing education class at a local university. And today's presentation is called Life's a Gamble. And what it really is, it's going to be taking you through the very central concept, the very basic concept, the most important building block of logic that you need to have. It's very important because 
the world of financial products, financial planning, all of the different financial decisions you make really have a lot of myths, nice sayings, cliches, which are conveniently used so that you can think that you understand the concept. <clears throat> Instead, what it has done is just created, you know, like a wrong starting point. We'll try to get to that. So I'm the author of the book, as you can see there on the right hand of your screen called Maximize Your Medicare. I've got licenses, etc. I'm a certified financial planner. You can see my quotes online in the national media USA Today and that list down there. You can also hear me in interviews. Maximize Your Medicare has a podcast, for example. So let's just take a simple game that most, most people know or a lot of people understand, which is called, which is roulette. And most people understand that, you know, in the United States, the game is pretty simple. There are 38 spaces. There are 18 black ones. There are 18 red ones. And then there are two green, zero and double zero. So the basic rule of the game is that you can place a chip on any one of the spaces. <clears throat> and you can see it. Because there are 38 spaces and the ball spins, where it ends up is random. So you know what your chance of landing on your predicted spot. Let's call it 17, okay? You know that the chance of landing on 17 is exactly one out of 38. It's not one out of 34 or one out of 32 or one out of 40, right? It's exactly one out of 38. So what happens when you, so now you put your chip <clears throat> and it doesn't even matter how much that chip is worth. Let's say you put a chip on 17 and 17 appears. Well, what, do you, what happens? Hooray, you've won. And what do you get? You get your chip back and you get 34 chips. Okay. What don't you get back? You never get all 38 back. You never get all 38 back, right? You get your one, you get your 34 for a total of 35. But you can see it. There's a, only a 1 in 38 chance of a 17. In other words, you've lost 3 for certain, right? Because if you put one chip on every single of the 38 sp spaces, right? The where the ball lands, you would get your one chip back plus 34, but you have put out, you have set down 38 chips you've certainly lost in that instance. So this actually is gambling, okay? This is how you should understand gambling. Gambling is you understood the odds, one out of 38, you did it anyway. You knew it's gonna be a certain loser if you put one chip on every single one. Does this mean, however, that the house wins on every single spin? Well, the answer is no, right? Let's say, for example, you put a chip on 35 and that was the result. What did you get? You got your 34 chips back. You got your original chip back. You got 35. In other words, you spent one chip. You got 35 back 
in return. Now, what can't the house do? So, and by house, I mean the casino in this instance, right? The player of the game, the dealer, the house, the casino, they cannot change the rules, right? They're going to tell you what the rules are in advance, and the payouts are going to be known, and then they're not going to change the rules. In much the same way, in financial matters, on financial contracts, the key idea is you're entering into an agreement with costs and payouts. And the seller, they're not going to be able to switch the rules, right? They're not going to be able to because there are regulations involved. So unless you've basically, you know, contracted with a company that absolutely has no legal, you know, legality to it, it stands up to the contract as written. Now let's just change it really quickly here. We're going to keep moving in and we're going to pick up the pace. So let's say that you have it. What if you knew for sure that it was going to be even a number? How would you play this game? Well, it's pretty simple, right? You would put one chip on every even number, two, four, six, eight, and so forth up through 36. What would end up happening, right? You've put 18 chips, right? You've put 18 chips and let's say it landed on 34. Okay. If it landed on 34, what has happened? You get your one chip back, you get 34 extra, you have 35. You have set down 17 chips. You have won 18 every single time that you knew that it was going to be even, right? Pretty simple. So what would you do in that instance? Well, you would put as many chips as you could possibly afford, right? An equal number of chips on every even number, as much as your pocketbook would allow. Does this happen in the real world? In certain financial products, it does. For example, maximize your Medicare for persons who are first turning 65, it is entirely loaded for persons. Let's say, for example, you have pre-existing condition. Let's say you have knee replacement surgery that you know that you need to have, right? Where your payout exceeds what you pay for sure. Are there certain instances that that's the case? The answer is yes. So the key thing here is that you know that even though the house wins, as I said right here, right? That if you put one chip on every slot, you're gonna lose three for sure. That doesn't mean that the house wins every single spin. So let's continue on what problems, what challenges this presents, right? So what do we know about the house? The house can be seen as seller of financial products of all sorts, auto insurance, dental insurance, extended warranty on your refrigerator, Medicare, annuity, right? The house must reveal the house, the payouts in advance, and they stick to them. In fact, if they don't stick to them, you've got a regulatory problem. And the other thing is, is that the house has competitors, meaning that I don't get to set my roulette rules, 
so that, okay, if you hit your number, let's say you chose 17, I don't get to randomly say, okay, well, I'm going to pay out 30. Why? Because the building next door is going to pay 31 and the building next door is going to pay 32 and the, and so on and so on and so on. What do we know? We know they're not going to pay 37 plus your one chip back, right? Because that makes them a certain loser. Now this varies what a lot from the way that people think in the real world, right? People take it personally. People, what people do know, they know that the rules don't depend on the identity of the player. Player number one plays roulette, player number three plays roulette, same rules apply. It's an open question whether or not people actually understood the math of how this actually works, right? The fact that you get 34 plus one, but you never get 37, right? That, that's what we said two slides ago. The question is, do they really understand how the actual... And then of course, people say, think that they have predictive power. I knew it was coming. It was due. And then other people think, well, they, they spin it once, they lost, they apply that as if, okay, I'm going to lose every single time. That's my example. And you can see this in the real world as it applies to two different types of insurance. And we're going to just go through this. Health insurance, what happens? Guess what? The premium, meaning the, the value of the chips that you have to put the amount of premium doesn't depend on your income or health. Okay, under the Affordable Care Act, I have to pay the same amount as someone of my same sex, age, and physical location. It also doesn't depend on my medical history, right? I have been lucky so far. My neighbor, who is identical in every respect to me, my cloned brother who lives next door has not been fortunate. Guess what? We pay the same premium. People know this. What people don't understand about health insurance though is let's say I go to the urologist tomorrow and I get the worst news possible. After I meet the terms and conditions of the payout, what are those? Deductible coinsurance. I can still keep receiving benefits, right? The amount of maximum benefit limit on health insurance is unlimited, unlimited. Now this is people, what people try to do is they say, okay, they see the word insurance, they think that works the same. Let's take a look at homeowner's insurance instead. What happens? Very different, right? The rules are different. Why? Premium changes based on the value of your house. The mansion next door versus my shack. Same neighborhood. We don't pay the same premium. It'll depend on safety features. Let's say we have the same house. One house has a wood-burning stove. My house does not. Premium in that house is going to be higher. The risk is higher. The probability of something going wrong is higher. So, and in lastly, on homeowner's insurance, let's say your house burns down. Do you ever receive 
an amount greater than the value of your belongings? The answer is no. So you can see here that the cost, the payouts are different. The patterns are different. People must distinguish this. Instead, what ends up happening? Oh, it's got the word insurance and oh, it's all like gambling. Notably, very, it's very important to understand this. And it's actually in this day and age, quite liberating for me, right? What's not part of your application? They don't ask you what your political party is. They don't ask you what your personal philosophies are, okay? These are numbers, they're calculated numbers, period, period, right? There are more. There are lots of example. Medicare, we'll quickly go through it. You can see it. The cost, 144.60, this is known. It applies for everyone. Secondary insurance, that's your price. That's the real market in, that governs a turning 65-year-old pretty much everywhere in the country, in most locations, with few exceptions. Vital function, now this is important, right? Which is the benefits are paid in an unlimited amount when it is most likely to benefit you. In other words, you're getting older. I have an inkling more than the probabilities may say that I'm gonna get paid. All right. And even in the worst case here for Medicare, for Medicare, depending on the type of secondary insurance you may have, your out-of-pocket maximum, your losses, the most you can lose in a given year is known. It's known, fixed. Okay. So you can calculate what is going to happen. Dental insurance, different. The price, 50 to $60 a month, depending on, you know, for very comprehensive plans. Problems, you've got these little details, waiting period to receive benefits. Maximum benefit amount, $1,000 a year. So much in, in the same way that in homeowner's insurance, your house, your payout is limited to the value of your home. Here, your maximum benefit amount is $1,000 a year, right? Which also means that if you have a $500,000 dental problem, since you can only be, your benefit is limited to $1,000 a year, that means your maximum downside is limited. In other words, they both say insurance, the payouts are, and the costs are much different. So now let's go to two separate people. We got two people, Mr. Perfect, We've got job of the hut and you can understand in this day and age, I'm calling somebody job of the hut, you know, <laughs> someone may throw a rock at me at that for, for that as well. But let's say Mr. Perfect, perfect height, perfect weight, never sick, $5 million to his name, 50 years old living in Chicago. Okay. Job of the hut, same age, different stuff. 900 pounds, three foot five tall. He's diabetic. He eats rodents, okay? The point here is each of the financial topics, any financial topic, it will not fit. It will not affect each player in the same way. Let's take a look. So let's take a look at health insurance. Mr. Perfect, 
his likelihood of receiving benefits from health insurance is not likely. He's perfect, right? But he understands the unexpected can happen. It's logical. He wants to pay a little to deal with the outlier, but overall, he doesn't want to pay. Nobody wants to pay, of course not. So does this depend on the price? Well, yes, okay, so in the same way. Okay, do I want to buy a lottery ticket? Yes, why? It's a dollar. Do I want to buy a lottery ticket if the cost, the face value at the counter is $100 each? That is different, different, right? That $100 has a function that I, he, Mr. Perfect could have used for something else, like teeth whitener, okay? Let's take a look at Jabba the Hutt. Jabba the Hutt's got a different set of circumstances, right? He's 900 pounds, he's diabetic. His payout, his likelihood of receiving benefits under health insurance is very likely, very likely. He's got to go to the doctor often, right? And while it's random, right, it's not the same likelihood of collecting benefits as Mr. Perfect. So his demand, how much he will part with his money, even if he has much less money, he knows he needs to pay. And guess what? In health insurance, in Medicare, the seller can't do anything about this. If he, if Job of the Hut can pay the premium, the seller has to sell to him, period. That's the Affordable Care Act. And now you understand why people don't want to limit pre-existing conditions. Job of the Hut, absolutely. So you go through all these different topics so you can understand it, right? That even goes to your portfolio, that goes to your social security administration and how you accept your benefits. We'll get to that. When you take all these topics, we've got a number of different topics that affect your life. This is ultimately what financial planning should be, right? We went through Mr. Perfect. We prioritized his objectives. Everyone's got their own separate ball of wax. These moving parts are different for every person. Their income, your family, do you support a spouse? Do you have children? Other priorities, right? Mr. Perfect, Job of the Hut, they don't have the same set of moving factors. Neither do you compared to your neighbor, maybe not even your brother, your sister right? Things change. You have different personal priorities as well. So really what I'm end up doing here is I'm matching the pieces, each of these pieces to your objectives and your resources, right? Is it important? You could see it. Job of the hut. The idea of doing without health insurance is a non-starter to him. Mr. Perfect, it kind of depends right? It is rational for him to think through it. He knows that outliers are happening, but he knows the likelihood of receiving benefits from his health insurance are low, really low. You can remember if you were a 27-year-old male, 
how many times do you go to the doctor? Never, right? Low. So then the question then becomes, of course, cost, right? Does the cost of the chip that you need to buy in order to, to buy policies, buy this protection against these outliers, whatever it would be, does it matter on the, on the actual price? The answer is yes. Does it matter on how much you're going to collect? The answer is yes, absolutely. Now, the difficulty here, right? The difficulty here is that you do need to think of these scenarios in advance. We know that stuff changes in life. Father time undefeated. Father time doesn't stop either, right? So what you need to understand going in, in advance, is that the house, they don't get to deny you once you've already played. However, that doesn't mean that they can't change the rules so that you can't play at all, right? In other words, they're not going to be able, they're not going to say to you in health insurance case, Mr. Perfect Job of the Hut, today the rules are such for everyone. They won't deny you. No one said that tomorrow the entire set of rules don't change. I didn't say that. People understand this. So what ends up happening is that the house, for example, could deny you on other matters. Uh, let's just say homeowner's insurance. All of a sudden, later, they realize that underneath the ground is, you know, some awful land that people didn't understand in the past. And that was going to create a sinkhole. Guess what? You may not be able to purchase insurance at the time you most need. Let's continue on with Miss on Social Security. Here's a very good example. Mr. Perfect, he's likely to live a very long time, right? There's the idea that you can delay your benefit, delayed credits, 7%. People know this. He can wait and receive greater amounts. What does he need to do? He needs to make sure that he has income while he waits, right? He need, I didn't say that if he has no income, it may be perfectly rational for him to accept it on day one. Perfectly rational. Let's take a look at Jabba the Hutt. His life expectancy is short, right? And I'm not talking about his height, three foot five. He's unmarried, so he has no other considerations. What is his goal? Since he's not going to be receiving money for a long time, right, 900 pounds, his objective is to get as much money as soon as possible. If you go to Kiplinger's, if you go to you know, money.com, and I'm not saying anything negative about these two places, right? which is that the standard answer says you should always wait. Well, these two persons, and they're drawn as extreme examples intentionally, illustrate the fact there's no such thing as always. Yes, on average, it works out that 
you should wait. No one's exactly average. No one exactly average. So you can see on and on we go. Social Security, Health Insurance, Roth, 401k, Required Minimum Distributions, etc., etc. The list of topics. This is, when you're a millennial, do I contribute to my 401k? Do I pay? Do I pay my student loan? How much do I contribute to my 401k under matching rules? Which insurance benefits from my employer matter the most? Right. What you have in the the difficulty with this, so you can see a long list affecting different people at different times of their life, which you actually have, and you can see it, which is the easy of what I do is translate each one of these things. That's the easy. Can I tell you exactly how disability in short-term disability insurance works? Yes. Right. We have many employers as our, as my clients, I ex explained to them here, are the terms and conditions of short-term disability, here are the pros, here are the cons. Here's why you may want to, here's why you may not. The answer is you do for short-term disability for those who want to know. But anyway, from that point, once you've decided, yes, this fits my situation and my priority list, then it's my job to nail down the best price, period, right? It's my fiduciary responsibility. That's what it is. Once we have the objective, go get the best price. This is why I'm not a captive person to any individual carrier or seller, right? I want to be able to pick and choose, cherry pick. Why? So that it matches on that one topic. So it matches your price the best. That's it. That's the only standard. Now, let's just take in disability insurance. Short-term disability insurance has a very good value, very high value very high. Why? Number one is if you lose your income. What do you have still? You've got rent, you've got your mortgage. Okay. More complicated is the idea of fitting these pieces together. And you can see it here, why I put these silly icons here, right? The orange icon is just like one short-term disability. However, how it fits in your overall picture and fitting them together is more complicated, right? And much higher value, much higher value, right? Because in the realm of thing, in the overall picture, having one piece right by itself doesn't get the full picture. I basically tell this to clients all the time who ask me, Jay, what about this individual topic? What about that individual topic? And I'm like, yes, that may or may not be important. Then I always finish with my job is to make sure or try to flip over as many rocks with one objective so that the overall picture has the greatest value. The overall picture in as many scenarios as possible. Right? Just having this orange piece as the Rolls Royce of orange pieces 
doesn't help you if it detracts away from the value of the overall puzzle. Doesn't, right? It's an incomplete answer. And this is the challenge of the way the world works. And, you know, I don't usually say, use words like sympathetic, empathetic, pity, when it talks to yourselves as consumers, but you do get my, my empathy in this instance is that the problem here on the way that the real world works is that it's being sold to you. It's being the advertisements, right? The advertisements aren't talking about four pieces here. They're there only on the orange piece, right? Life insurance, annuity, investment portfolio, health insurance, disability insurance, long-term disability insurance, homeowners insurance, umbrella insurance, right? Income planning, the list of topics, right? Someone says, okay, I'm an expert or, you know, my company is expert in this. That makes it hug because they want to, because then you get left with the idea, okay, this is the sole topic important to my financial life. That cannot be the case. The real value is to put them together to maximize the overall value of your household. And now you can see it, right? The simple logic, the obvious logic here on why I wrote a book about met this particular topic is what? Your downside to the overall puzzle is biggest when, under what situation? When you get sick and the costs run out of control. And I always tell persons this, why is that the case? Number one, you don't know how much it costs. And number two, you don't know how long it lasts. Right? It's not only you could be sick once, but taking care of it could take a month. It could take two years. It could cross over this 2020 and 2021. It could come back in 2023. Right? In other words, it's both the biggest downside to your puzzle, right? And you could see it earlier from the earlier slide. It's got the lowest price. The book goes through a number of different topics because you can see it, how it's a, a certain example from what I just said in these slides, which is that the regulations for you, the buyer, are hugely in the buyer's favor. So even within that piece, it's constructed in the buyer's favor, buyer, okay, under a certain caveat, which is what? You need to understand how the payouts work. In other words, now you can see why I started with roulette. People didn't understand how the payout, people kind of may have understood that it, um, it was important. They want to get the lowest price, that's obvious, right? But you actually do need to understand how to get those payouts. And that requires under, very good understanding of the rules. That's why I've devoted a fair amount of time to maximize your Medicare conversations in public quotes in the national media. 
I'm going to end it here and just let me wrap up by making a couple of other points. You can see over the past 30 minutes, the general principle, it's only just one principle, which is follow the cash, meaning the chips, how much the chips cost, and then follow the payout. Okay. The issue with all these financial topics, long-term care insurance, disability insurance, Medicare, social security is people mix up and try to assign these snappy phrases. It's a gamble. It's all random. The reality is, is you could see Job of the Hut and Mr. Perfect, while it's kind of random, the ultimate outcome, that is different than the probability. Okay. And so since people don't understand that, what ends up happening is, okay, well, <clears throat> you know, all insurance is the same. It's all a gamble, et cetera, et cetera. No, it's not. The payouts are different. The costs are different. Okay. That's the common thread through all the videos on this channel, right? It's, you could change the topic. There's a long-term care insurance video. So that's number one. That's your first task is to focus on the cash flow and, and the payout. And then the second one is understand that it's only a single piece you're talking about. And, and that's a bit unfortunate, right? Because YouTube is built that way. This is our society now. We want to snip it. We want a small focused little piece of attention. We get an advertisement that's only on one topic. The issue on, finan on financial matters is you're dealing with an entire set. It's a puzzle with multiple components. They must fit together. And that becomes, you know, my job. So you can see I have two jobs, right? First is to explain the payout, the cost and the payout. And then how does that puzzle piece fit in your overall picture? You can ask me questions, gh2benefits.com, maximizeyourmedicare.com. There's always a place there to send me your email. You can put your comments here on this YouTube channel. Be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. That way other people can discover it. Hopefully you got something today. We'll be using this kind of framework for videos going forward. Thanks very much for watching. Okay, that's it for today. Again, if you wanna see your, this presentation along with the physical slides, you can go to the YouTube channel, just type in or search for Maximize Your Medicare and it's called Life's a Gamble. That's the name of the presentation. Be sure to subscribe to that YouTube channel, this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you enjoy podcasts. Give us a five-star rating. It's important because that way other people can you know, discover the podcast. It's pretty important today's you know, pod because the reality is the same type of reasoning is or can be applied to lots of different topics. You can see long-term care versus, versus life insurance and living benefits and how to compare them. 
That's the same logic you're trying to use when you're thinking through annuities, through health insurance, through life insurance, your stock portfolio, your retirement portfolio, for example, the nature of it, you know, has to be looked through the lens that is used in today's presentation. I'm Jay. This is the Maximize Your Medicare podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Speak with you soon.